Hey, let's talk cricket. The Ashes, a huge day um, in, in Australian history uh, for the Ashes. And let's talk about it more with Herald Sun journalist and superstar cricket writer. That's Sam Landsberger. G'day, Sammy. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me. How are you? Well, we're fantastic. How about today? What a performance. Incredible. Probably a good toss to lose, wasn't it? I think Joe Root might be uh, struggling to sleep tonight. I think Alan Border and Mark Wall both said that, you know, despite the history of the game, they would have bowled first today, but... He chose to bat and didn't last long. They're already bowled out. And I think right now the umpires are doing a final pitch inspection at 4.35 local time, 5.35 for us, which is right now. So I'm not sure whether we'll get to see Warner and Harris bat tonight, but either way, um, just a marvellous day for the Aussies, particularly Captain Pat. Um, first captain to take a five for Australia since, I think, Michael Clark, which is a bit strange, but, um, yeah, well on the way to becoming the first fast bowler to, to win a test match as captain for Australia, which is pretty amazing. Yes, and there's been doubters all week long since the announcement. Um, is there any possible better start you could have made as test captain? Like, honestly, I, I really don't think there could have been. Uh, it was it was spectacular. He did everything right, didn't he? Um, he came on the bowl pretty early, I think the fifth over, but um, had success just about straight away. And um, great for Mitchell Stark as well to, uh, to, to knock over the opener with the first ball of the summer, given some of the criticism he's been under. So I think that would have taken a bit of pressure off him and yeah, it was just a, a perfect day for the Aussies. The only thing missing was Nathan Lyon, 400 test wickets. So, uh, yeah, the, they couldn't have scripted it any better. Probably, yeah, uh, very fortunate to, to bowl first in the end. I think Australia was going to bat as well, but um, certainly bowling first in those conditions was um, certainly the right, yeah, yeah, the best outcome, no doubt about that. As England bowled out for less than 150, I don't think you could argue any other way at the moment. No, fantastic start for us. Uh, I was going to ask you about Nathan Lyon on the 399. Do you reckon we're going to see it up in the, the first test in, the, in our second uh, bowling innings, or are we going to have to wait a little while? You'd like to think so. For, uh, for Lyon, I'd say, I know he, you know, he wouldn't want to head to Adelaide, still stuck on 399. I think he would he, you know, he's been stuck on that for 11 months now. Couldn't get it at the Gabba last summer. So to go through two consecutive test matches, both at the Gabba, Without a wicket would be pretty alarming for him, particularly with Mitchell Swepson sitting right underneath him. I think that would create a bit of a talking point. But no, you'd certainly back him to, to get it done in the second dig. We were just talking about it a bit before, but the, the lack of test cricket uh, recently, obviously we've had our cancelled uh, tests and things like that. But does it make it even more impressive, Sam, what we managed to do today off the back of basically, yeah, like very, very minimal test cricket in the past year? Yeah, I think it's a, a really, uh, I think it's a great point. England played 12 tests before today in the calendar year. This is their 13th test match. So um, if you're going to be, you know, if one team was battle-hardened, it certainly wasn't going to be Australia. Um, you know, going deep in the World Cup as well, probably, you know, put back their preparations for this test. And then, you know, both teams basically had a lot of their practice, uh, practice matches and uh, training sessions washed out over the last couple of weeks, but you would have thought that would play in England's hands given they've had so much red ball cricket under the belt already this year, but um, as you said, that probably just sort of underlines what an impressive performance it was with the ball. Now the batters have to back it up. Did you Were you surprised uh, with the selection for England in, in a way without um, having Stuart Broad there? Oh, stunned. Couldn't believe it. I mean, to, to go into a test match without Broad and Anderson, I think for the first time in... 15 years, um, quite staggering and you know, David Warner is a confidence player and you, you imagine that the lift he would have got this morning when he found out that Stuart Broad, who knocked him over seven times in 2019 for 35 runs, wasn't going to play, I mean it's, 
Yeah, you just think from from uh, the, yeah, cricket so much a mental game, particularly in Test cricket, and to give David Warner a free hit and basically let him into the tier just before it started, I, I, I was stunned by that. Uh, and I think the Australian camp was were as well. They, they were very happy to to find out that England was going to go that way. Um, it's all right to you know play horses for courses and say that they're going to bring you know bring both in for the Adelaide Test on the lights. But surely you just pick your your best team for the first test. Test match of the summer and really try and set the ascendancy, um, set the tone for it. So, yeah, really surprised by that. Um, well, I find it really hard to justify, to be honest. Yeah, just are we are we going do we go in the early crow a bit um, at the minute, uh, Sam? With do we need to wait sort of twenty four hours? We discussed this um, before that um, you, you sort of judge a pitch uh, when the, the second team bats. Um, are we going a bit early? Like, do you see um, England bowling Australia out for less than 150? Probably are going early, but that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really valid point. It's, it's, you know, I can't see Australia getting bowled out for less than 150. But I mean, if England was to, to, to knock Australia over for even 250, they'll feel like they're in the game. But I mean, then again, tomorrow Australia might be, you know, three for 300 stumps, and it's game over as well. So. Um, yeah, pr- probably gone a little bit early, but you can only go off what you know, and, and, and what we know is England's well b- below par at the moment. So, um, and when you when you you know roll that into you know potentially making the wrong call the toss and potentially getting their selection wrong, um, yeah, it, it, it's not a great day for the tourists at all. But yeah, as you say, it, it, it is now up to, to, to top order. Um, you know, Alex Carey, we haven't seen before at this level, Cameron Green. You know, he's he's obviously, you know, hasn't been exposed many times before. Travis Head, there was question marks over him. Marcus Harris, still waiting for his first test century. So, so there's legitimate question marks over Australia's top six, top seven. Um, but, I mean, you know, with 147 on the board, Australia's certainly well in front. You, you say that the toss, uh, you know, was a bad one, it was a good one to lose. Uh, do you reckon there was pressure on England? Uh, we obviously winning the toss and they, and they had to choose to bat. I mean, it wasn't sort of like a, a bad call. It was sort of history knows that if you bowl first at the Gabba, you know, in previous series, uh, they've been destroyed. But do you reckon there was yeah. pressure, you know, on that and they, they're sort of in no-win situation here where they just had to choose to bat first? Yeah, I think you're yeah, absolutely right. No win situations. A great way to sum it up. I mean, if they if they bowled first and Australia got off to a fly, I mean, there's your headline. You know, and that's that saying 2.0. And, uh, the, the, the writing was on the wall. They probably had to bat first. I think Australia was going to bat first as well. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, the the, 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 the top order and Joe Root himself just had to justify the decision and make some runs, and they weren't able to do that. So, yeah, they were damned if they do, damned if they don't. But, uh, yeah, I think Pat Cummins, in his first toss as captain, I mean, imagine that fast bowler wins his first toss and bowls as well against yeah. the history. So I think both captains would have been really, you know, almost sort of secretly hoping that the, the coin didn't go their way. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. It, it was really a no-win situation for Joe Root. Yeah, you feel for him in a way. You do. Uh, we don't know if we're going to see much more play, as we said uh, before, Sam, but anyone our openers should be looking out for in the bowling attack that might be looking to, to unsettle us early? Well, I think Ollie Robinson's the one. I mean, he's the one that had a really good home summer against India uh, this year. I think he's played five tests, 18 wickets about that. Um, I, I think he's the one which the Aussies have done a lot of homework on because they obviously haven't seen him before. 
Um, and I think he's the one which might threaten a little bit. So if they can navigate him, they'll be in a really good position. Uh, yeah, I think he's the one to watch out for. I think a lot of Aussies wouldn't have heard of him before, but they'll certainly know who he is after the first and second test match. Talked a lot about how big this summer of cricket is, but we've got a bit of Big Bash action as well tonight, and we've seen a bit over the past couple of days too, Sam. Uh, the Renegades particularly impressed us last night. They didn't uh, put up a huge tally uh, in their innings, but they managed to defend it quite nicely. Uh, what did you like about, about them last night? Yeah, I think they're the team to watch this summer. In fact, I think they might play finals, which would surprise a few. I mean, um, the strikers, albeit they were without, you know, Alex Carey, Travis Head and Matthew Renshaw, but the Renegades were without Maddinson, Finch, Harrison, Marsh. So, yeah, they might sort of cancel each other out, but I know the Renegades have built their game of plan around defence. They want to be the... They think they've got the best bowling attack in the competition. Um, they've looked at the Perth Scorchers model. When Justin Lang was coach, I think they won three titles in... In four years, you know, with that great, great, great pace attack, um, yeah, yeah, which really carried them. They, they thought they could defend any total, and that's the blueprint for the Renegades this summer. And that played out last night. They were probably about fifteen or twenty runs short, but they got it done with the ball. Um, they were they were super impressive. Um, you know, James Pattinson, he's just class. He's intimidating. Kane Richardson, I think he did a really good job as captain, and Zaki Khan looks like he's really hard to pick and. Um, yeah, I think it's a really well-rounded bowling group. They've got depth there as well. Uh, I think they're the team that's going to certainly cause a few upsets. I was really excited to have a look at the odds yesterday. I was really surprised. I think they were about $2.70. So I thought that was an even-money game. If not, the Renegades should have been favourites. And um, they did what they did last week in the practice games. And that was like they did well, all, all facets well. I mean, that, that catch from Fraser McGirt was yeah. um, a moment he'll cherish forever to, to pull that in as a 19-year-old with, you know... Um, a, yeah, a decent cram behind him. How excited is that for the kids? Yeah. Um, Will Sutherland didn't get any runs last night, but he was a player I was really impressed with in the warm-up games last week. He was striking in over 200. Um, he hit his first ball off Glenn Maxwell for six from Friday at Junction Oval. So, you know, with, um, you know, you'd expect him to find form. I think Aaron Finch will come back for the third, third game. I think they're set up really nicely. Well, one extreme to the other. Um, what about your mate Glenn and, uh, you know, his stars? Uh, what happened there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they probably had a worse day than England on Sunday night. Yeah. No, they were absolutely <laughs> atrocious. Uh, but mind you, geez, the, the players they've got to come back is pretty scary. Um, I mean, Case Armand, Nathan Coulson-Nile, Marcus Stoinis, and the big one, Andre Russell. They, they should all come in Friday night. They've got Joe Burns, Liam Hatcher. Uh, on the comeback trail as well from injury. Uh, it's just going to be a completely new-look team. And how good to have Andre Russell here for five games. Um, I think he's got to sort of, you know, sit separately the ways and get his own card in the game and use a diff- different dressing room because he hasn't completed the four-day integration period after quarantine, would you believe? So a little bit of a strange build-up for him, but I know the Stars organisers, they're pretty wrapped that they can unveil him on the Friday night and hopefully break a few more thousand people through the turnstiles and he takes on Sydney Thunder who he played for when they beat the Stars in, in, the, in the grand final I think six years ago so um, a bit of history there but just great to have probably the, the, the biggest name in the big bash I mean Rashid Khan's been around for a long time and the other lad strikers but in terms of star power Russell's probably just on that level above and he flies in in decent form on Saturday in the T10 final in Dubai he made 92 not out off I think 29 or 30 balls uh, pretty crazy strike right there so he's certainly seeing them well um, and it'll be great to see him light up the day on Friday yeah, Russell and Stoinis into the, the batting order, Sam, does make it look suddenly a fair bit different and a, a fair bit better than what they did on opening night. 
It does. I mean, soreness is a huge in. No, uh, no, no disrespect to Peter Neville, but, I mean, when you're opening with him in T20 cricket, it's not a great sign, um, but then to have soreness at the top and then a middle order of Maxwell and Russell, you know, next to each other, then, yeah, they, they both average, what, 160 strike rate in, in T20 cricket. So, you know, you know, I know the Stars have organised all the fireworks and whatnot for, uh, for Friday night, but they might not need them. They might just, you know, just let Maxwell and Russell... Um, set them off for their bats. So that, I think that's just about the best one-two punch in the middle order that you know you could possibly see in T20 cricket around the world. So, yeah, like him, yeah again, we're storing us at the top and those guys below them, uh, yeah, watch out. There you go. Make sure you get to the MCG Friday night. Uh, now, two games tonight, Sam. Um, I know you're going to be a busy man. Um, watching both of these uh, with with interest. Uh, first game, Hobart and taking on the Sydney Sixers. Uh, who, who do we like there? Oh, you can't go past the Sydney Sixers, can you? I think they've won, what, 35 out of the last 51 games. They just know how to win. Um, the question, oh, I'm not sure yet. I haven't actually made a phone call on this, but Sean Abbott and Dan Christian, um, one had a baby, one's about to have a baby. So I'm not too sure if, if they're both going to play, but either way, um, they're just you know, they're just such a well-rounded unit. Um, yeah, they just know how to win, don't they? They're the smartest yeah. team in the comp. Um, yeah, Moses Andreeks is brilliantly leads them. Greg Shippard's probably the best T20 coach in the world, so you think that'd be far too strong. Far too strong. And the other game uh, later on tonight, it uh, started around about 9.30. Perth Scorchers taking on the Brisbane Heat. This should be a good one. Yeah, it should be. Uh, Scorchers are, are obviously missing a few. Um, Cameron Green was on the books last summer. He's off the roster this year because he's obviously a test cricketer. Yeah. Jai Richardson won't be there. Um, I think Mitch Marsh is in the Aussie game, so they're certainly missing a few, but they didn't lose at home last summer, um, and I think that'll continue. I think at the Stadium, um, Brisbane had coming in from, from sort of hotel quarantine conditions, not not the ideal build-up, um, so I think the Scorchers should get it done, but um, I, I think the Heat, they were really disappointing the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Lynn obviously didn't get going at all. Jimmy Pearson's the new captain. There's you know, maybe a little bit of pressure on him to um, to fire up, but I think the Scorchers should be too good at home. Righto. And uh, just, uh, you probably haven't been watching the game, but Bangladesh and Pakistan, a uh, huge uh, second test uh, unfolding at the minute. <laughs> no, I haven't been. Uh, <laughs> <getting> <laughs> no. up, what's happening over there? <laughs> but, uh, well, it's actually kind of Bangladesh all out for 87 in their first innings and they got followed on. So um, I don't think they're going to win uh, that game. But um, it's great to get your thoughts, Sam. Um, Incredible day of Test cricket today at the uh, at the Gabba, but um, it's great to um, hear from your voice. Always a pleasure. Good to chat to you guys. Hope you both have a good night. <laughs> you Cheers, too. Sam. There we go. Sam Landsberger from the Herald Sun, superstar journalist uh, for them. And how did I have a feeling? I knew you were going to try and stitch him up there with the Bangladesh, Pakistan. Why wouldn't unless, you be all over that? Unless the man's got four <laughs> sets of eyes, I don't know how he could have possibly been watching that one today.